right. Welcome to I'll... Soul Seeker, Soul Seekers, an embodiment and spiritual journey with Margaret Ionides and Michelle Scott, alchemist healers. Maggie, we are back. Hello, hello, everybody out there in the podcast land. How are you, Michelle? How are you going on this? We're having a little chuckle, weren't we? We were talking about Carl Barron and how we love Carl Barron. We were talking about poo-poo valves. Poo-poo valves, yes. (laughs) We were talking about that. We are talking about many things, but, um, you know. We do talk about many things, but, you know, it's a good way to start off this uh, chat about rejection, isn't it, Margie? But at the end of the day, really, one of the... uh, one of the uh, really easy to get at uh, sources of, of, of happiness is still laughter. Exactly right. And that's the thing, isn't it, Shell? We yeah. do, we go through so much. Mm. And, um, and that's the thing I noticed as soon as my body was being relaxed because, you know, there's been, there's, it's a journey. We've it's got journey, journeys. Love. And yes. I just noticed, you know, um, you know, people can't see us, but all of a sudden it's like I've just, the whole body's relaxed and then the skin's relaxed and something's popped out of my skin and something's popped out of my lip. And I'm like, Jesus, what's happening? Like my whole body's just gone out yes. to, uh, to the word of rejection. It's really interesting yeah. how we work on things. Exactly. And, things and, and you and I both know that uh, the minute that uh, we decide to actually work on something uh, for the group, lo and behold, mm. we go through another installment of it ourselves. Yes. So, um, oh, and thank you. So, Margie, we have to thank our audience and our, our members in Soul Seekers for the fantastic feedback that uh, we have received. And out of that, ladies, we have um, you've given us you've given us uh, some fabulous um, areas to uh, help you work on and work through. So, we did a little bit of romance last week, and tonight, you know, I was just saying to Margie that family. Rejection in family was almost 50%. And uh, so we're going to tackle that tonight. We're looking at, uh, you know, rejection in family, how it makes you, uh, how it makes us feel, where we feel it and how we feel it. Mm. And uh, I think, Margie, you've got a great story to uh, kick us off with. Yeah. Well, geez, it was probably my early 20s. I lost both my folks within nine months and uh, I had... Oh, I still have, I shouldn't say had, uh, half-brothers that uh, my father had been married previously and he lost his wife and then met my mum and had me and then my mum passed away and then my dad passed away nine months after that. So it was a very big roller coaster ride for me. Uh, there was, uh, you know, lots of when your parents die and they don't have a will um, oh. and lots of things get thrown at you. Uh, I was always that... Um, the selfish one I was always called, the one that always got my own way. And, you know, I sort of, that stuck to me for a long time. Uh, whether it was true or not, I still don't have a point of view on that. I did carry that it was all my fault when they passed away. Um, I, my family, my brothers sort of, you know, said you got everything and, and all that type of stuff. So I, I felt very, it was, it was a very, it's the lowest part of my life. You think losing your parents is really low. Uh, it is. Though, uh, it got to a point to a point about money, um, you know that I, mum and dad gave me all the money. They got nothing, and it just, you know, my mum had a certain amount of money coming from overseas that was told uh, by my father that it was for me, and you know the family found out about it, and then you know we went thirds, and then I had to pay off the funeral costs and and all those types of things, and I got very. Um, yeah, that was that was a part of rejection. That was very very down part of 
myself because I didn't wasn't great with money back then either. But then we had the house, mum, you know, mum and dad's house, and we went three three ways. And then I got this uh, situation where I wanted to have someone live with me to help with the bills and stuff. So the board then had to go to them, all the rent money had to go to them, uh, just so we could pay for stuff for the house. I say that in inverted commas. Um, you know, no. they called me a liar. They called me many names and didn't trust me and didn't believe me. I wasn't allowed to have a certain amount of people in the house, even though there was a third share of was mine. Um, it, I felt very rejected by them. I always had to meet them halfway. I always had to, you know, yeah. go to their place or do, I did everything I possibly could to, it was like walking on eggshells, to be totally honest with you. I felt so low and down and rejected by them that I was the bad person, the worst daughter in the world, a sister that mm -hmm. he didn't really want. That's how I felt. It's how old were the boys when uh, your dad met your mum? Oh, geez, now you're asking me. Um, my, uh, there was, he was... One, the oldest one was late 20s, I guess. He was in business with my father. And um, the, then the youngest boy was, we, oh God, he was about 15, 16. Mm. So he took to my mum really, really well. My mum always had great words about, about him. And, um, you know, yeah. he always took care of me and all those types of things. So he was the person I would go to, Shell for anything. Right. Uh, you know. Did I mean, you along well with him? I did, yes. I did get along well with him um, until, you know, it, it just, it just, we just grew apart. Um, I just yeah. felt very rejected by the wives. I was, I just felt bullied, yeah. I felt bullied and rejected. And it felt really, 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 it was a very tough time. And yeah. there was a part of me that's walked away and uh, that wished them well as I grew and had my own family. There were times that I'd think about them and still felt a bit rejected, even though, you know, I'd write, a, I wrote a big long letter about how I felt uh, about the whole situation and I never got a response and I wished them well and said goodbye and that was that, you know. I haven't mm. heard from them since. How long has I, it been since you haven't heard from them since uh, that occurred? So you've had, now you have this complete estrangement. Yeah, uh, 15 years. Wow. 15 years, yeah, would be about, Dylan was only little. Uh, you know, it's just everything I said, it was just all twisted and turned and or mm. I lied about things. And, look, there was a part of my life that I probably did some bullshit. Of course mm. I did. I'm sure they did too. Uh, but I never, that was always hung over me, always mm. hung over me. Uh, I grew into a person that, you know, would, would have liked some support, but it was always I was the only child. And it didn't matter if it was just my half-brothers or my rest of my family. I always had to go there, meet them half, always be there. You know, they mm. never sort of came to me and I felt very rejected mm. and down in that. So it was like there was a big part of me that it's like, not that I didn't look at it again and thought, can we fix this? Because I, I believe truly I gave it my all. It was really tearing me apart that as soon as I made a choice, to go, right, this is how I am and this is how it makes me feel, uh, I had no response. So, mm. you know, that's sort of went into all my mum and dad's side of the family, Michelle. I don't mm. have, I have, I don't wish them any harm, but every time I would be invited somewhere, be at a party, so I wouldn't get that one-on-one -on -one experience with the family part of stuff. I'd be mm. always, and if I wouldn't go, I mean, once I remember my cousin accused me, am I on drugs? And it's like, uh, no, I have a newborn child with some issues, paying off a house, 
my hormones everywhere. Like I, mm. I sort of went into, what are you talking about? Maybe when I was single, after yeah. my dad passed away, I felt rejected as well. They both died and I got that, yes. well, it wasn't for you and you gave them this and you did this and it's like, it was like I took it all on my shoulders. Mm. And I don't think they had that realisation of what they were saying to me really affected me. They just thought I was a con artist and a liar. That's how mm. I felt. That's how rejected I felt. And that's what I believed I was for a long, long time that I killed both my folks. And I didn't. Mm. They passed away because it was their time. Mm. And, you know, um, Absolutely. It, was, it was all about money and mm. what money they could get and what the investment they could have. Uh, you know, I apparently got it all. Uh, mm. And that was just, you know, that was really, it was a very ugly situation that they weren't prepared to look at the, to, to, and take their responsibility mm. of that. You know? So how did you start to turn that around for yourself, Margie? It took me many years, Michelle. Mm. Um, it's finally when we sold the property, I bought my own place and I ended up, you know, hanging out with, like I had a really great group of friends that really were just always take, I, I always, my friends have always been my family. Mm, and I'm like, I'm getting exactly. even choked up a bit now because they're still yeah. in my life. Um, yeah. And they've always been around. They've always held my back. Um, mm. you know, people have come and gone. Of course they have, but there's a shitload that is still in yes. my life. And but I think that's a, a fantastic and important point to uh, make there, Margie. Yeah. That, uh, you know, family, uh, family comes in all shapes and sizes and often often being rejected from that first family. There can be a number of different ways in which we can think about that and talk about that. But one thing that can come out of that is, is um, you know, knowing what you do want, knowing what you don't want, and then creating a family of your own or becoming yeah. even uh, doing the opposite in your family that was done to you in, you know, in that family. So, yeah, family mm. can be, uh, comes in all shapes and sizes. So you then found a group of, terrific loyal you know yeah. you found your people they had yeah they were great i mean it took me a long time i i i truly i'll be honest i don't really think i got over all that stuff mm. probably four or five years ago i actually went you know what mm. this stuff that's happened in my life has shaped me to who i am today yes and now that when i think of them I just send them gratitude for what, what role they played in my life to who I yes. am today. I do yes. not wish them any harm. I don't hurt. Yes. You know, mm. I often think, I wonder, I hope they're well. I wonder what they're up to. Yeah. Uh, though at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, if I saw them walk past me, I'd always say hi. I yes. wouldn't, you know, yes. um, though responsibility is a big key. When yes. someone throws a lot of stuff at you, I take responsibility for the roles I play. I'm not saying it was all them. I know yeah. I was a little freaking shit and I got mm. my own way. Mm. And I know I may have not been always totally honest, mm. though they made out that they never did anything wrong. Yes. And that was, yes. uh, you know, they didn't have a bad situation and they were, you know, up here. Mm. And, and we're not up here. We're all on a level of, you know, learning and evolving and stuffing yes. up and making mistakes. But if you hold on to, yeah, but if you hold on to, hold on to what the other person isn't doing or should be doing or, um, yes. you know where, you know, whatever they, they should be doing or not doing or could be doing is entirely up to them. They'll wear the brunt of that somewhere, somehow in their lifetime. What you did was take responsibility for the part you had played and you went through that process. And uh, when you can do that and then forgive, 
and let go and then be grateful and as you say love and blessings yeah um, actually one of uh, my coaching clients was saying at Margie that uh, um, she had a little exercise at uh, the end of her um, psychic development uh, a couple of weeks ago and it was uh, throughout the week no matter what no matter who says what and how they say it you will say um, I wish you love and blessings love and blessings to you I wish you love and blessings and she spoke about a situation where she had uh, you know she was at work and she had you know the bitch from hell mm. <laughs> you know giving her, giving her all that and then some and what she really wanted to do when she hung up the phone was to uh, you know <laughs> give her the uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> give her yeah. the uh, the middle yeah, I'll give you love and blessings. Yes, yeah. right. Yeah. But instead, she just you know she really sort of uh, stuck to it and followed through on it and said uh, you know love and blessings to you. I wish you love and blessings. She said it took a couple of goals, but it's a couple of goes. But what actually happened was she got over it. Um, she was able to let go of it and got over it within you know, sort of anywhere between five and 15 minutes. And then that was the end of it for the day. She forgot all about it. When normally, as you know, we would come out of a call like that or come out of a, uh, a situation like that and we would be fuming. I would be fuming. Uh, yeah. I would get in the car and fume with myself. I would probably, you, know, you ring people and you speak to people and you fume with them about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then what happens, you know, that one situation that uh, occurred in the morning is something we carry through for a day, a week. Some of some people are carrying that through for years and years. That person did that. Yes. She did that to me. Yeah. He did that to me. It wasn't fair. It's not right. Um, you know. I was like that for many years. Yeah, right. And, and, so, and I, I hid that a lot with alcohol. Yeah. Or yes. you know, partying and letting all that whatever I did just to get through. Yeah. And, and then you have that. And then when situations would come up sometimes in your life, you, you would feel unwanted. You'd feel rejected a bit, and it had nothing to do with whatever. It was just that. Oh, here's Coming that feeling up. again. Here's that yes. feeling again. I'm going yes. through this again and again. What the, you know? And that ties so, back into your uh, past life fears. It ties back into our past life fears and our challenges, doesn't it? Yeah. Certainly for. For, for me in numerology, it's, it's uh, you know, overcoming that uh, fear of abandonment over yes. and over, over and over Gosh. again. Gosh. Yeah. And, and it's funny how yeah. you, know, you seek it out sometimes as well, don't you? You're yeah. like, all I want is a happy family and all I want is this. And all. And when you go seeking it, you're not getting it. And you're like, what is going on? And yeah. it's just that, that stuff that, you know, yes. I haven't looked at. I, I wasn't yeah. looking at it. I didn't know how. Yes. I didn't know how. But, but, but there you go. You know, firstly, you found, uh, and so to our audience and our, our, our members, you know, this is how you uh, move past that uh, rejection in family because it really it really hits you where it hurts when it's family. It's very, very um, close and intimate. So a couple of things I think about because I had a big, uh, uh, yeah, you know, as you say, family's a big banner. There's so much that goes on within it. It's not something that you can explain like that right no. but just to try and cut my little story short i had a big fallout with um um my nieces a couple of my nieces one in particular the baby it's always the baby the baby yeah yeah, yeah. the baby and so this will be interesting interesting for you maggie because you were the youngest in your situation i'm in my family i'm the eldest and this is the daughter of my brother so we had this thing and uh, the thing would have just been a thing, 
but it became more than a thing because she had had a lot to drink and uh, what came out of her mouth in, uh, you know, and I have done a lot. I mean, I've been like a second mum too. Um, I've loved my nieces like my own. I've been a second mum to them. And I've gone out of my way. I do that for anybody and everybody. I do that for a lot of people. But, yeah, I do I do it even more for family. And, anyway, she came out with, um, oh, my gosh, such filth, yeah. such, uh, so much, uh, so much nasty, um, nasty, nasty, mean, mean, mean. I've never, I'd never been wow. spoken to like that before. I'd never been treated like that before. I mean, even now I could start tearing up about yeah. it. I was absolutely just devastated. Yeah. Um, I'm very forgiving, usually let go. But this was the second time she'd done it. This was worse, but it was the second time under the influence of alcohol she'd gone right off like that. This time it was much more. Uh, the first time I think I just walked away. and and uh, uh, But this time I was kind of trapped. Mm. And... Um, Anyway, it took a bit. The first time she rang very quickly and apologised. The second time she didn't. Yeah. So that tells me she means what she says. Yeah. Um, now, the process I went through, which was really interesting, I mean, I was absolutely, I cannot describe, I've never been like that with anybody in my entire yeah. life. I was absolutely devastated. I did not move past it um, quickly or the way that I normally would. Uh, I wasted, I gave opportunity for a number of number of them in the situation to come forward and uh, do and say something no one did. And uh, and I've always been one to, it's family, just let it go. This time I was very, mm, I don't know if I'm going to let this go. Like it's really it was unacceptable and unforgivable. Mm. And uh, that went on for a long time. In fact, I didn't speak to any of them for a year. Wow. Um, but... Uh, but not not as in a way, not in a way that they would have known. Yeah. I, you know, I played nice in a way that um, I played nice strategically so that, it, that so that it wasn't that uncomfortable. But the bottom line really being that I didn't see any of them for about a year. Yeah. But then, you know, we caught up again. But as this unfolded over the course of the year, I did actually, I did... I did move to, not going to forget that, I forgive it because I'm the adult and she's still, um, she's still a child, so to speak. Um, and I forgive because I'm not going to hold on to it. I'm not going to be imprisoned by those feelings of, um, uh, you know, those nasty feelings. So I forgive, to, I forgive for my own benefit. And then, though, then that sort of passed and I got to a different place with it where... I was able to actually see, because some of the stuff that came out of her mouth was just like unbelievable. Yeah. And I was like, where has she gotten that from? Because I have gone out of my way. And then I sort of, you know what happened, Maggie? I actually, well, I've always had the ability anyway to see things from many different different sides with my, with my number nines, um, that humanitarian uh, genetic that I have uh, within me. I actually started to remember, you see, the dynamic I have with my brother. And so this would be similar to your situation, Margie, that you were born into a blended situation. You know, it wasn't it wasn't your gig, so to speak. You know, you weren't the one to blame for that. But obviously there was other stuff, yes. a whole lot of other stuff going oh, on. There was nothing to do with you and no. it was taken out on you. Yeah. And so what I sort of recalled with, um, with in this situation was that you know, my brother is her father. 
And my relationship with her brother, she's got no idea of the dynamics. Yeah. All the facts. Yeah. All the experiences that surround all of that. Mm. But my brother, her father, that brother is the one, love him dearly, we've we've, uh, actually grown um, much closer together because of our lifelong commitment, I suppose, uh, at that soul level in family, right? Mm. But in actual fact, we weren't, we, we were like oil and water growing up. We weren't really, um, and so there have been moments with her dad where we have fought as brother and sister, Mm. but when we're fighting like brother and sister, she was just a child, and whose side is she going to take, and whose side is, you know, who was she going to, so it just occurred to me at some point, I thought, ah, ah, her perspective, her perspective, right, she's coming from a very different perspective, so whatever she thinks happened, Whatever she thinks has been going on, she's not going to know my story. Mm. She doesn't know my story with my brother, doesn't know my dynamic with my brother. So when she's probably seen us fighting over the years, she must think. And then who knows what they've said about me? Yeah, it's always about that, isn't it? Who knows knows? what they say about what, you know? And it's like, seriously, how can you take sides? It's what I say to my kids. Do not take sides because I've got an issue with whoever. It's nothing to do with you. Yeah, you see, so you just me. don't know. But, no. I just, but just having that thought, Margie, as you said, everything's the opposite of how it appears to be and nothing yes. is the opposite of how it appears to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me and, and where I was standing and how I was feeling, I was absolutely allowed to feel uh, what I yeah. was feeling and to, uh, and to move through that in the way that I did. But when I started to get that other perspective, what happened, Margie, was it allowed a little bit of light. Right? Yes. I started to think, oh, well, you know what? Um, it, start, it, took, it took the hurt away from the words that she had said and yeah. allowed me to, 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 to sort of feel into where she might have been coming from and yeah. to kind of go, oh, okay, look, you know, and, you know, alcohol, yada, yada. Um, and then, yeah, so, so for me always, it's always how I move past these um, issues when I move past these, you know, whatever someone's done, um, it's always that perspective. It's always about, and in, you know, in psychology, they call it, Margie, all these things we've been doing for, you know, years and years, I'm now discovering they all have names. Yeah. It's called, yeah. yeah, it's called cognitive uh, reappraisal. So, and, and, and they actually say to stop that emotion thought, that emotion thought feedback loop. Yep, yep. Which I love. You yeah, use that word. I right? love that. Yep, yep which I love, um, cognitive reappraisal. It's about um, thinking about that situation. What are the alternative uh, perspectives, you know? Um, How, like you did, you sort of went, you know what? Actually, I've grown better from that experience. Look how how I grew from that experience. So you absolutely did that. You reappraised the situation. You turned it around. You saw how it made you you grow better. And when that happens, everything changes. When we reframe stuff, everything changes. And and I think it was, you have to be willing to look at it, that rejection, because it it hurts. It really it still can be, be very raw, raw from the day that it occurred. It could still be that raw. Yes. You've got to be willing to look at it. You've got to be willing to go, what, what can I create out of this? Uh, I can create something here yes. or yes. sit in it, you know? Um, yes. Yeah, rejection is very, it has come up. The stories have come up, you know, and it hasn't made then, me feel yeah. rejected. It's made me like a bit of sadness, a bit of tears, but a bit of yeah. realisations of, 
well, hey, I'm alive, I'm well, they are, because I'd know if they weren't. And they're all doing their thing. And that's how we should be as well, you know. And who knows what will I'm open to anything new. Yes. Well, I was going to say, Margie, the other thing that always occurs to me when we go through this... um, with others, then I always everything that I that that always is, is always really beneficial for me is that it always comes back to me kind of going, well, what am I not? If I'm feeling rejection, what am I rejecting within myself? Yeah. If I'm feeling rejected, what do you know? What are they rejecting in me? What's it yeah. showing up in me that perhaps I'm rejecting too yeah and they are just um you know and to be quite honest you know some of those words that uh, she's that that she spoke that really shook me really shocked me and really hurt me uh, you know i can be a little bit like that <laughs> i could too i can that's be a little bit of really... everything that she said yeah. i could be yeah, um, and, and that's the thing. But I'm also, you know, we're also all the other good things. Exactly and, right. Yeah, exactly right. right. I, yeah. I just, I think they were also hurting so much yes. about whatever their stuff is that, you know, they yes. probably saw that they favoured the girl a little bit more. They yes. got out, they moved out, they had to look after her. So at the end of the day, you know, there is other parts of their stuff that I'm aware of. I don't know story that happened when I was young, I what I got by my mum. There's always other ways. I didn't get told that. I just got pointed yes. at. And, you know, there's some things I had to look at for sure. There was yeah. stuff that I yeah. bullshit, bullshitted about, you know, to get my own way. So am I proud of it back then? Probably not. I think there was a lot of rejection of that of myself as well, you know. Yes, the yes. But the minute we start to do that, and that's what soul evolution is about, you know, yes. that's what, as you say, you have to be willing to, to face it uh, because at the end of the day, you know, becoming our own best friend is is as simple as that. If we can't confront ourselves, how can we confront others? If and we can't look into that. We weren't mm. taught, I wasn't taught to confront myself, to be honest. I was taught to be quiet, just say yeah. yes, don't talk about it, don't worry about it. There was a lot of ways that I, I felt rejected by mum and dad at times. I just, they weren't, that. I was the only child. They were too busy yes. for me. You know, there's a home, so many things. They only did what they knew. And at the end of the day, I look at it now and go, I am who I am today because of that. And I am grateful for that. Though yes. at times when shit comes up, you're going to maybe want to play that role, that rejection role, that little thing, that loop. That's where you've got to have a look at it. Like you just said before, Shel, what yeah. is it that you're rejecting yourself about? What's yes. This? And I do, I ask those questions now. Mm, yes. this is mine. How can I change it? What's right about this that I'm not getting? What yes. you know? What else is possible? Those questions get me out of my mind and out of my loop, and into just creating yes. something different or looking at something different. Because we misidentify, misapply all that crap, and it hits mm. us in our stomach, and then we feel really down, and then we have mm. digestion problems and all that other mm. stuff comes up. You know, so yeah, we've got exactly. many stories, Michelle. Like we've exactly. got exactly, and and. Exactly. And also, I know in numerology, uh, you know, if there's, if there's a karmic lesson with the number six, then the story that's told about that is, is in a previous lifetime, the individual wasn't responsible in family. Even the 14-5, is a karmic debt, uh, uh, the combination of 14-5, whenever that shows up, it's a karmic debt. And that also has a story. So the 14-5 um, is, is, if you think in this lifetime of anybody that you know, 
who is, uh, you know, flat out with a bad out, you know, they're all about me, they're not taking responsibility uh, in family, there's no sense of duty, it's, you know, they're just perhaps a biker, perhaps, you know, someone who's uh, just travelling around the world. If you think of someone like that, then 14.5 tells that story, that in a previous lifetime, that individual, um, that individual, it was for that individual, it was all about freedom, and it was all about freedom at the cost of uh, caring for others, at the cost of being responsible and doing the right thing and, um, you know, taking care of business. And same with the number six. The number six was not responsible in family. So it could have been that, um, you know, you had children and didn't uh, look out for them, didn't look after them. So yeah. what that means in this lifetime for those individuals is that, is that in this lifetime, you would have more responsibility to bear. That yeah. in this lifetime, with that karmic lesson six, whenever I see that zero uh, in that particular part of an individual's profile, Mahi, it usually means that there's estrangement. It usually means that the individual, um, there's some kind of... Um, some kind of, of disconnect uh, on, yeah. on a larger, bigger sort of scale than, than you know, than, than we normally sort of experience in family. So again, if we think about it like that, that also changes our perspective. Like for me, being a single mum, you know, and uh, my son has two half-brothers. And so, you know, the father of my son had um, three uh, boys by different mums and so the way that I turned that around to be a plus to be a positive the way I turned it around to in order not to hold on to stuff was to think well maybe in a previous lifetime mm. that to him yeah he left him he might have been a her and we yeah. were the hymns and we might have left her with three children while we went on our merry way so yeah. in a previous lifetime who knows with your brothers uh, it must be. There must be some oh, kind of perhaps in a previous yes. lifetime. Um, you were the one that uh, you you know they were the ones that got everything, and you were the one that missed out. Or in this lifetime, that debt needed to be repaid. Yes. So so many different. And the minute I think like that, the minute I well, the minute I kind of went, it just occurred to me one day. I thought because I was quite angry with him, and I thought because he wasn't, uh, he didn't uh, help out or support or uh, participate. And, but when I had that thought, I thought, I wonder if, um, I wonder if, you know, and I went, oh, uh, it was just, what happened for me was freedom. I was no longer attached to any thoughts of, of, of him not doing the right thing or he should be doing this and he should be doing that and why is he doing that? I didn't go into any of that and I didn't poison my son's mind about any of that. I was free. And that's yeah. the thing. If you want to be free, if you want to be free of rejection puts us into a cycle um, it's not that it didn't happen, it happened. Yeah. You know, it's, about, it's about coming to terms with that, healing that, letting go of that so you can be free and you can be changed. Yeah. So how would you uh, pop and pot all that, Margie? Yeah, I know, right? God, where do I start? Let's, uh, yeah, let's get rid of some of this stuff. <laughs> so anywhere that we are stuck in the time loop, any pain, any resentment, any rejection of family that keeps you looping, Let's be willing to uncreate, destroy that times a gazillion, right or wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, or nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Any past life stuff that's coming up that we are repaying in this lifetime or that debt karmic stuff that's coming up with rejection, let's let uncreate, destroy it all times 
Hustler, Good Sea and Ryan Wrong, Good and Bad, Pot and Pock, or Nine Shorts, Boys and Beyonds. Anywhere that we've misidentified and misapplied and not seen that there is maybe magic somewhere in this rejection. Yes. Let's uncrown, destroy all that. Times a Good Sea and Ryan and Wrong, Good and Bad, Pot and Pock, or Nine Shorts, Boys and Beyonds. Any heaviness in the stomach area, any heaviness that keeps you loaded with this rejection, let's throw it to the earth, return to sender with consciousness attached and uncreate, destroy all of that, right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, or nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Awesome. And then I've just got a couple of really easy tools, Margie. I was telling you about emotion, emotion management strategies and how, uh, you know, if we had, um, it's important to have strategies across all of these uh, different there's four particular areas. If you've got some strategies, some, some brain strategies, some body strategies, some heart relationship strategies, and some environment strategies to be happier. And you know, mm-hmm. everything I'm learning in this uh, in this positive psychology uh, course, Margie, you know, happy people, happy people uh, have stronger immune systems, live longer, sleep better. Uh, happy people recover more quickly from. Uh, illness. I mean, there were so many studies. The other thing too, Margie, I've got down here, you know how we love journaling. We love journaling. Yes. Right? Yeah. Well, they actually, um, there was a study, there was a study done um, post-traumatic. There was a, you know, big group of post-traumatic stress, um, those suffering from PS, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, They took half of them and they got to talk with a therapist uh, uh, a couple of times a week, they got to talk about it. They took the other half and they journaled about it. And at the end of the yeah. study, those that journaled about it, uh, absolutely, it was they were they were uh, in terms of thera- therapeutic, in terms of healing, in terms of getting it out and off their chest and being happier. They were mm. better off. And we talked about, you know, why do you think that's so? And we kind of reckon, because when you're journaling, Margie, you can just be, you are completely uncensored and you're not filtering yourself. Yep. Yep. And I did that all the time. Yeah. I've learned yes. journaling from high school. I've not yes. stopped. I have books and books and books of journals. That even after everything I've gone through, it's in there. It's all documented. So how I exactly. saw things, how they saw things, how I felt they thought about me. Uh, and that's part, and that's another thing that probably got me through to where I am. You know, I still yes. journal every day. Yes. I journal, I write, I'm grateful, Beautiful. whatever. Yeah. So that's an easy one, ladies. You know, take that rejection, start writing. You know what used to happen mm-hmm. to me, Maggie, when I when I would journal, I actually would start writing, thinking that you know, in holistic counselling, I learned that the problem is never really the problem. I would start talking about yeah. what I think is the Something problem, thought is the problem, and by the time I'm finished. I was like, oh, I didn't know I was feeling that. Yeah. And and also by the time I finished, I would I would have clarity. I would have um, creativity. I go, oh, I could do, you just have, you have some decisions that um, kind of come out of that. So that's an easy yeah. one for, um, for our, our yes, audience to journal. Um, journal. And I like this, Margie, in terms of, of the body, um, smile. It said uh, smile. First yes. thing in the morning. Let your body tell your brain that you are feeling good. That's it. Smile. I do it every morning. Yeah. All of life comes to me with these joy and glory. That's 10 and, times the same. And smile. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So well, yeah. I'm going to leave you with those uh, tools. Ladies, what about you, Maggie? Have you got any last-minute uh, uh, tools for rejection? 
Look, and that's the thing. Anything that um, I come up with any kind of rejection or anything, I always look at it and ask the questions. What else is possible? Is this mine? Is this someone else's? Return to sender with consciousness attached. I do the writing as well. And I always pull a gratitude card. And, yes. I, and they're really simple tools. But I always ask, is this mine? Is this yeah. actually mine? Because a lot of the time, rejection, when we've gone through something, we can actually pick up on other people's stuff. So we've got to always check in and make sure is it ours because 98% of the time it's not always ours. So we can return to center with consciousness attached and anything that doesn't allow you uncreate and destroy it right or wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, and I just boys and beyond. Wonderful. <laughs> Yay. Yay. I hope that, uh, you know, if you're listening on uh, replay, thank you for listening and uh, tell your friends about soul seekers and uh, we'll see you next time in the group. Yes. Yeah, see everybody. Thank uh -huh. you. Bye. Bye.